بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان احسن الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وان شر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار uh, we come today inshallah to the final lesson uh, in our series of lessons on this short piece of poetry which is ascribed to Sheikh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala and this is uh, as, as the Sheikh will explain shortly inshallah ta'ala a very easy short piece of poetry to memorize and to teach the children it comprises many of the core fundamental principles of our, of our belief our belief regarding the sahaba radiyallahu anhum our belief regarding the quran and allah's attributes and likewise the methodology that we follow when we speak about allah and his names and his attributes and likewise belief in some of the affairs that will take place in the hereafter seeing allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in paradise and likewise belief in the mizan the scales of balance that will weigh the deeds and the hawd the drinking pool and the sirat the bridge over the hellfire and allah's qadar al qada wal qadar and paradise and hellfire and the punishment in the grave all of these things are the foundational aspects of a belief of a muslim and all of these are included within this short concise poem so today we are on the very last line in which there occurs fa in ittaba'ta sabilahum famuwaffaqun wa in ibtada'ta fama 'alayka mu'awwalu the rough meaning of which is so if you follow their path so remember in the previous line it was mentioned about al-shafi'i and malik and abu hanifa and imam ahmad that this is their belief the issues of belief that we discussed that this is what they are upon this is what they believe so in the last line he says so if you follow their path if you follow the path of these imams and of course these imams themselves were following those who came before them from the tabi'in and the sahaba so if you follow their path famuwaffaqun then you will be granted success and if you innovate if you innovate then you will have no support you will you will have nothing to depend upon whatsoever and with this line ibn taymiyyah he finishes the the poetry in what is ascribed to him and what we see really here is a call to sticking to the sunnah making tamassuk to the sunnah and keeping away from bid'ah so let's begin with the commentary of sheikh saleh as-suhaimi hafizahullah ta'ala so he says that he is indicating here that the one who follows the path of those imams those noble imams from those 
first few generations of Islam. That the one who follows their path, he is the one who will be saved. And he will be secure and safe from destruction. If he follows the path of those believers. And then he mentions a verse in the Quran, which is a verse which establishes the obligation for following the Sahaba. It is obligatory upon every single Muslim, no matter where he is, what time he lives, which location he lives, that it is obligatory upon him to follow the understanding and the implementation of the Sahaba of the religion. This is where the truth lies. This is where unity lies. This is the rope of Allah. What is the proof of this? There are many proofs, but one of the most clear and apparent proofs in the Quran itself is the statement of the Messenger of Allah, is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regarding the Messenger of Allah and the Sahaba. He said, وَمَن يُشَاقِكِ الرَّسُولِ مِن بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُ الْحُدَىٰ وَيَتَّبِعْ غَيْرَ سَبِيلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ نُوَلِّهِ مَا تَوَلَّى وَنُسْلِهِ جَهَنَّمَ وَسَاءَتْ مَصِيرًا In this ayah Allah says, whoever disputes and contends with the Messenger, even after guidance has been clearly showed to him. And then he chooses a path other than the path of the believers. Then we shall leave him in the path he has chosen and burn him in hellfire. What an evil refuge. You see, the point of evidence in this verse is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he didn't mention that a person who... Uh, Disputes with the messenger after the guidance has been shown to him and stop there. Rather he added something on top of that. He added a second thing. And that second thing is that he said, And he follows a path other than the path of the believers. Now this ayah, when it's revealed, this ayah is referring to the Sahaba. And so this additional point which has been included in the verse, the scholars have derived from this, like Imam al-Shafi'i and others, that it is obligatory to follow the way and the consensus of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. And that success lies in that. Then the Shaykh brings some other verses in general which establish the principle of following the Sahaba. Allah says in Surah Al-Hashar, وَالَّذِينَ جَاءُوا مِن بَعْدِهِمْ يَقُولُونَ رَبَّنَا اغْفِرْ لَنَا وَلِإِخْوَانِنَا الَّذِينَ سَبَقُونَا بِالْإِيمَانِ وَلَا تَجْعَلْ فِي قُلُوبِنَا غِلًّا لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا رَبَّنَا إِنَّكَ رَؤُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ Allah says, those who came after them. So in other words, those who come after the first believers, those who are the Sahaba, those who came after them, they say, O oh our Lord, forgive us and our brothers who preceded us in Iman. And do not put in our hearts any hatred or dislike towards those who believe. O our Lord, you are compassionate and merciful. So from these verses, and there are many other verses as well, anyone who follows the way of the Sahaba, he knows that he is upon goodness. And anyone who swerves from their path, then he has swerved from the path of the believers that was mentioned in the first verse earlier on. And Allah will leave him to the direction he has turned and burn him in hellfire, what an evil refuge. So the Shaykh says that, O, o servant of Allah, beware of this, take note of this. 
and be upon the methodology of those. We should be upon their guidance. We should strive to following, to following their path. In that we take the Qur'an and the Sunnah upon the way they understood it to be for us a belief, an aqidah. For us to be a shir'ah, meaning a legislation, a way. And the rulings and the adab, the manners, and the hudud, the limits that we stick to, and the ibadah, the way that we, that we worship Allah, and the mu'amala, the way that we deal with other people. And in fact, the methodology for our entire life. Now, this is what is intended by following the way of the Sahaba. That in all of these fields, in belief, in rulings, in worship, in mannerisms, in the way that we deal and interact with other people, in everything, that we take the Sahaba as a model to be followed. Then the Shaykh says, Oh my dear brothers, this is how we end our discussion of the short poem. It is very short in the way it's constructed, as you can see, it is only 16 lines of uh, poetry. And, however, it summarizes very important affairs of belief. And these affairs of belief which this poem contains are affairs which many, many groups and many factions, they have opposed these affairs of belief, which are mentioned in this poetry. And they followed other than the path of the believers. And they followed other than the imams that are mentioned here. He mentioned the four imams. Many of those, as we mentioned in the previous lesson, that many of those who ascribe to Imam Malik or Shafi'i or Abu Hanif or Ahmed, they do not truly, they might ascribe to them in terms of fiqh, the rulings, but they don't really, truly, really, really, truly follow them in their methodology and their belief. And so the people of truth, they follow this way, they take it as a way of life, they apply it in all aspects of their life, in their, in their creed as we mentioned, in their suluk, in their behavior, in their ibadah, in their worship, in their mu'amala, in their dealings with other people, in all of the affairs of their life. And in all of this, they are upon the way of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, as Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu said about the Sahaba, whoever, man kana mustannan fal yastan biman qadmat. He says, whoever wants to follow, then let him follow the one who has died. Because indeed the living person is not safe from tribulation. And what he means when he says, follow the one who has died, he's referring to the Sahaba who passed away before him. Follow the Sahaba who passed away. Because the living person, he's not safe from being put to tribulation. Then he continues and he says that indeed the Sahaba, they are the most pious of this nation in terms of their hearts. They are the most upright in their speech, the most truthful in their speech. And they are the most profound in their knowledge. And they are the least of all people in being pretentious. So these are the, are the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, the ones about whom the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he said, La tasubbu ashabi. Do not revile my companions. For if one of you was to spend the likes of the mountain of Uhud in gold, it would not reach a handful or half a handful of what they would spend. And as the scholars explain, that when it mentions about the Sahaba spending a handful or half a handful, this refers to things like grain or barley or dates or whatever they might have spent in their time. That whatever they gave in charity, 
if you were to give a mountain of Uhud, likes of gold, and perhaps there isn't even that much gold upon this, upon this planet, that if you were to give that amount of gold, it would not equal a handful, a half of that which they spend, spent. And this shows the difference between the Iman in the hearts of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. At least those, those hearts were filled with Iman and the deficiency in our hearts. Because when they do a good deed, behind it is such Iman and Taqwa and Muhabba, love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the pure intention that we don't find with those who come, come after them. So they have this virtue and they have this excellence and the Messenger has spoken of them in this way. So therefore, the statements of the Sahaba, they come before everybody else's statements. Of course, after the Messenger of Allah, his statements come first, and then after him, everybody else's statements, they come after the statements of the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum. So therefore, the Shaykh leaves and concludes here with, with the advice that basically we, 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 we treat them as models of guidance, that we follow them. They are like lambs for us, and they are the ones who tasted the true sweetness of Iman. Why? Because they are the ones who sat with the Messenger of Allah They witnessed the revelation being sent down. And they took it directly from the mouth of the Messenger of Allah So let us, the Shaykh says, let us take them and follow them. And by way of their statements and their actions, let us follow their way, their methodology. And... Uh, the, 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 the Shaykh says that I advise all of the brothers to memorize the likes of these texts. Now, they are very easy to memorize, they are very short, and they are not difficult to memorize, and even our children should be uh, taught to memorize these, these basic texts. Then the Shaykh finishes here by uh, asking for all praise, stating that all praise is due to Allah, the Lord of the worlds, and sending salat and salam upon the Messenger of Allah. So, to conclude then with the with the, with the content of this verse, uh, the uh, sticking to the sunnah and keeping away from bid'ah, we can finish by mentioning various narrations from the salaf. And first of all, uh, the verses in the Quran which mention following of desires. Allah says in the Quran, "Woman adallu mimani hawa min Allah." That who is more astray than the one who follows his desires? Other than guidance from Allah, without guidance from Allah. And Allah also says, Do not follow your desires, lest they lead you astray from the path of Allah. And these verses are speaking about leaving the guidance of the Messenger of Allah and the truth from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and following one's lusts and one's desires. And at the head of those desires are the innovations. Those things that the Sahaba never knew. The Messenger of Allah Sallallahu he said, "Man ahdatha fi amrina hada ma lisa minhu fahuwa rad." That whoever introduced something in this affair of ours, that which does not belong to it, it will be rejected from him. And in another narration, "Man amila amalan laysa alihi amruna fahuwa rad." That whoever did an action which is not in agreement with our action, then it will be rejected. And likewise he said in another hadith, Man an sunnati, minni. That whoever aspired or sought 
something away from my sunnah or other than my sunnah, then he is not from from me. And aside from these ahadith, we see many of the athar, many narrations from the Sahaba radiyallahu anhum. Mu'adh bin Jabal, he said, radiyallahu anhu, أَيُّهَا النَّاسِ عَلِيكُمْ بِالْإِلْمِ قَبْلَ أَنْ يُرْفَعَ أَلَا وَإِنَّ رَفْعَهُ ذَهَابُ أَهْلِهِ وَإِيَّاكُمْ وَالْبِدَعْ وَالْتَبَدُّعْ وَالْتَنَقْتُعْ وَعَلِيكُمْ بِأَمْرِكُمْ الْعَتِيكِ He said, O people, upon you is to take knowledge before it is raised, before knowledge is removed. How is knowledge removed? He explains, indeed the raising of knowledge is by the disappearance of its people. When the scholars die, this is how the knowledge goes. Because the scholars, they take with them, they take with them knowledge and understanding. When a, when a scholar disappears, there's such understand, understanding that Allah has granted to that alim, that that <coughs> understanding now has, has gone. And we have lost that understanding. And that whatever wisdom and whatever else follows on from that. And that's why it is a great loss to us that whenever we see the ulama pass away, uh, may Allah have mercy upon them, it is a great, huge loss to the people of the sunnah, the people of the jama'ah. And recently, as you know, the sheikh, the noble sheikh, Zaid bin Hadi al-Madkhali, he passed away. And may Allah have mercy upon him and reward him greatly for his great efforts because the sheikh, has a great service in the field of defending and clarifying the aqidah, the belief of the salaf, of the sahaba, and defending it. And the shaykh has many, many explanations of the basic books and the basic texts, you know, uh, the, the books of, of, of Tawheed, Usul uh, al-Salatha, Al-Qawaid al-Arba, and many of the other the, the books uh, from the mashaykh of the da'wah, and likewise, explanations of the books of Aqidah of old, those of Ibn Taymiyyah and those before him. So may Allah reward the Shaykh, and we are grieved that when we see that knowledge is taken away by the taking away of its people. And then he continued and he said, beware of innovations and you know, extremism and things of that nature. And upon you is to follow the ancient path, the meaning the very first way, the very first uh, path of the Sahaba. Hudayfa radiyallahu anhu said, Kullu ibadatin lam yata'abbad biha ashabu rasulillahi sallallahu sallam fala tata'abbadu biha fa inna al-awwal lam yada'a lil-akhir maqalan fattakullaha ya ma'ashara al-qurra khudu tariqa man kana qablakum He said, every act of worship that the, that the companions of Allah's messenger sallallahu did not worship with then do not worship with that. For indeed the first, the first people, meaning the Sahaba, did not leave any room for those who came afterwards, the later ones, for any speech. Meaning that what the Sahaba were upon, what they did, what they understood, what they practiced, that enough, that there is sufficiency in all of that, they didn't leave any room for there to be any other speech thereafter. And he said, so have taqwa of Allah, O you who are the, the qurra, who are the you know, the, the, the reciters, the readers, and follow the path of those who came before you. And we see the statement of Ibn Umar, radiyallahu anhu, لا يزال الناس على الطريق ما اتبعوا الأثر. 
that the people will never cease to be upon the right path so long as they follow the Athar. What does this mean? They follow what has been transmitted to them and come to them from the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. And then likewise, Abu Darda radiallahu anhu, he said, uh, you will never go astray. لَن تَدِلْ مَا أَخَذْتَ بِالْأَثَرِ you will never go astray as long as you take hold of the athar, the narrations. And Al-Awza'i, from the Imams of the Salaf, he said, عَلِيكَ بِأَثَارِ مَنْ سَلَفْ وَإِنْ رَفَضَكَ النَّاسِ وَإِيَّاكَ وَآرَاءَ الرِّجَالِ وَإِنْ زَخْرَفُوهَا لَكَ بِالْقَوْلِ فَإِنَّ الْأَمْرَ يَنْجَلِي وَأَنْتَ عَلَى طَرِيكٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ He said, upon you is to follow the athar, the tracks, the ways, the narrations, from the Salaf, even if all of the people reject you. And beware of following the opinions of men, even if they beautify those opinions with their speech. For indeed the affair will become clear and apparent, whilst you are upon the straight path, the straight way. And Imam Malik, ta'ala, he said, Iyakum wal bida, Beware of the innovations. And then someone said to him, O Abba Abdullah, what are these innovations? And so he responded, Ahlul Bida' people of innovations who speak about Allah, Alladhina yatakallamuna fi asma'illahi wa sifatihi, wa kalamihi wa ilmihi wa qudratihi. Those people who speak about Allah's names, His attributes, His knowledge, His power, and He's speaking about the people of Kalam, Ilmul Kalam, which who came in the second century. And they are the ancestors of the people today, the Ash'aris and the Maturidis. Those who came, they began to speak about Allah, His names, His attributes with some foreign alien speech. So he said, لَا يَسْكُتُونَ عَمَّا سَقَتَ عَنْهُ الصَّحَابُ وَالتَّابِعُونَ لَهُمْ بِإِحْسَانِ That these people never kept silent about those things which the Sahaba and the Tabi'un kept silent. And he said, if, if this kalam was knowledge, then the Sahaba would have spoken about this kalam. In the same way that they spoke about the rulings. However, it is batil which directs to batil. Well, these are some of the statements and there are some, many other narrations of this which are like this. Uh, from them is the uh, statement from, of Ibn Aun. He said, uh, or the, the statement of uh, Az-Zuhri, Imam Az-Zuhri who said, Al-I'tisamu bis-sunnah najatun. That to adhere to the sunnah and hold steadfast to the sunnah, it is deliverance. It is a means of deliverance. And Abdurrahman bin Mahdi, uh, who was one of the imams of the Salaf, it was said to him that there's a people from the people of innovation, and they strive a great deal in making ibadah. They worship so much, and they strive in their ibadah, in their worship of Allah. And Abdurrahman bin Mahdi, he said, Allah does not accept, Allah does not accept, Allah does not accept, except what is upon the sunnah, the sunnah. And then he recited a verse in the Qur'an, and this verse in the Qur'an is actually about the, the, the Christians. In this verse Allah says, وَرَحْبَانِيَّةً ابْتَدَعُوهَا مَا كَتَبْنَاهَا عَلَيْهِمْ Allah he is speaking in this ayah about this asceticism that the Christians, Christian monks, they imposed upon themselves this asceticism, meaning living, living life as a monk and keeping away from marriage and food and clothing and, 
you know, isolating oneself in a monastery and making all these impositions and restrictions upon oneself, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never, never asked them to do that, never imposed that upon them. But they, as we see in this ayah, they invented, they innovated it upon themselves. It wasn't written upon them. So in a similar way, the, the, the Abdurrahman bin Mahdi, he used this ayah as a proof to show that this will not be accepted from them. Those people who worship Allah with something that he did not legislate, with something that the messenger did not command, with something that the Sahaba never knew. And so he said, uh, he will not, so therefore he will not accept that from them, and he rebuked them because of that. And then we have the statement of Sufyan al-Thawri, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, Al-bid'atu ahabbu ila iblis min al-ma'siyah. Al-ma'siyah yutabu minha, wal-bid'atu la yutabu minha. Look at this amazing statement. He said, that innovation is something that is more beloved to Iblis. Iblis, he loves that the people fall into innovation, more so than falling into sin. Sin. Because sin is something that can be repented from. A person can repent from sin. Whereas bid'ah, innovation, a person does not repent from innovation. Why is this? This is because, if you look at sin, when people commit a sin, a person, he, maybe he drinks, maybe he gambles, maybe he cheats, lies, steals, deceives, you know, maybe he fornicates, maybe he follows his lusts and desires, maybe he does all the various sins, all the various sins you can think of. No person on this earth, no Muslim, he takes the path of sin as a path to be followed in religion. No one says, Yes, the path I'm going to take in my deen is I'm going to take the path of gambling. This is ridiculous. No one takes the path of sin as a path in the religion to be followed. Because he knows, his conscience, his conscience tells him that he's committing sin. He feels bad. He feels guilty. He feels remorse. He's sinful. So he makes tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is, this is the nature of sin. And Iblis, this is of a lesser level to Iblis than something which is more beloved to him. That which is more beloved to Iblis is the issue of bid'ah. Because when a person, when he wrongly thinks that a belief he believes in, or a statement he says, or an action which he performs, which is not from the religion, and he believes it to be from the religion, and he believes it to be righteousness and piety, then Iblis doesn't need to do anything to him, doesn't need to prod him, doesn't need to whisper to him, because this person now is left believing this is a path of guidance, when actually it is a path of misguidance. So, this person won't even think of making tawbah, because it's not in his mind to make tawbah, because he thinks what he's following is guidance. And so that, for that reason, Iblis loves bid'ah, more than he loves that a person should fall into ma'asiyah, sin and disobedience. And that's why you see that statements from the imams of the sunnah, like Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal and other than them, they make statements like, for example, that the graves of the sinners, the sinful people, from Ahlul Sunnah, their graves are, are, are illuminated and they are gardens like gardens. 
and the grave and the graves of the people of Bid'a are like you know pits, like pits. They are like pits. They make these remarks. Why? Because a person who is upon the Sunnah, yet he falls into sin, is superior by far than a person who is upon Bid'a, thinking he's upon guidance when he is in fact misguidance, even if he strives and exerts in ibadah and worship. And this is really from the fiqh, from the understanding, from the great understanding of these uh, scholars and the, and, and the Sahaba, as you can see. And uh, likewise, we see here a statement of Abdullah bin, bin al-Mubarak. Abdullah bin al-Mubarak was an imam from the second century after Hijrah. He died towards the end of the second century. He said, he gave a piece of advice. He said, Know my brother, I'lam akhi, anna al-mawta al-yawm karamatun likulli muslim, laqiyallaha ala sunnah. He said, Know my brother, that today death is a nobility for every muslim who met Allah upon the sunnah. Now remember, he's speaking in the second century after hijrah, second century after hijrah, about 180 years after the hijrah. And he's saying, know my brother that death today, that a Muslim dies today and he dies and he meets Allah upon the sunnah. This is nobility for him. What does he mean by this? He clarifies, he says, for indeed to Allah we belong and to him shall we return. It is to Allah that we complain about our strangeness, the fact that we've become strangers and the fact that there are so few people who are aiders and supporters of the truth and of the appearance of innovations. To Allah do we complain about this great and mighty affair that has taken place in this ummah of the disappearance of the scholars and of Ahlul Sunnah and of the appearance of innovations. So if Ibn al-Mubarak is saying this in the second century after Hijrah, then how, how is it for the people in our time in the 15th century after, after Hijrah? So Al-Fudayl bin Iyad, he says from the signs of tribulation, min alamat, min alamat al-bala an yakoon al-rajul sahibu bid'atin. That from the signs that a person has been put to trial is that he is a person of innovation. And also we see many other narrations from them. Amalun qalilun min sunnatin khayrun min amalin kathirin fi bid'atin. That a small amount of action which is upon the sunnah, a person with a small amount of action, but it's upon the sunnah, is better than a great deal of action which is upon bid'ah. And whoever acts an action in the sunnah, upon the sunnah, Allah will accept that from him. And whoever does an action upon bid'ah, Allah will reject and refuse his, his innovation. And so there are many statements which are, which, which, which are like this, all of which indicate to us the, uh, that, that once we know something is the truth, once we know the path of truth, once we know the belief of truth, as we've seen explained in the likes of these works, and you know, which explain the belief of the Sahaba, and we make tamassuk to the sunnah, we hold fast to the sunnah, then upon that, after that it is 
the final thing, the very last thing that is mentioned, that we abandon all of innovation, because that is the path of misguidance. For Dil bin Iyad said, whoever comes to a man, whoever comes to a man and then consults him and asks for his advice in the affair of the religion. So whoever comes to a man, man atahu rajulun, fashawarahu, fadallahu ala mubtadi, faqad ghashal islam. That whoever came to a man, this man came asking for consultation, advice in, the, in a matter of the religion. And then he directed him to an innovator, someone who is a deviant, who is upon innovation. Then indeed he has been treacherous to Islam. He has acted treacherously to Islam. And so that's why today, my dear brothers, we are very careful about the people that we recommend and that the people that we direct the people to. We should know who are the ulama, who are the scholars. The scholars of our time, Sheikh Al-Albani rahimahullah ta'ala, Sheikh Abdul Aziz bin Baz rahimahullah ta'ala, Sheikh Muhammad bin Salih Al-Uthaymeen rahimahullah ta'ala, Sheikh Al-Fawzan, Sheikh Abdul Aziz, Al-Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Rabi ibn Hadi, Sheikh Zaid Al-Madkhili who passed away yesterday rahimahullah ta'ala, and many of the, the other mashayikh, Shaykh Ahmed al-Najmi, and many of the mashayikh, many of those we haven't mentioned, we should know and understand who are the ulama. We direct them to the ulama. These are the true ulama. And we should be very, very careful by this treachery. Notice that he used the word, فَقَدْ غَشَّ Islam. This treachery to Islam. It is from the treachery to Islam that... People consider the likes of the people that we see here present in the West and other places, people like Zakir Naik, people like Yasser Qadi, people like uh, these Al-Maghrib people, all of these people who are deceiving the Ummah because they are, they are portraying themselves as being ulama, as mashayikh, as sheikhs. This is how they are treating the, that they are going to, they are going to audiences, they are going to communities and saying, we are the mashayikh. You don't need to refer to those scholars over there in the desert. They don't know nothing. They haven't lived in these lands. They just know the affairs of the desert. This is how they speak. They want to belittle the scholars and they want to cut the people away from the scholars. So we should be, be cautious and aware that we direct ourselves and turn to the ulama in truth, that we know who they are. Even if we cannot travel to them, just knowing an alim and loving him is because of what he carries of the truth, this is an act of ibadah. Just knowing him, that you know who is Sheikh Al-Albani, who is Sheikh Ibn Baz, Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen, Sheikh Al-Fawzan, Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Al-Abbad, the Mufti, Sheikh Rabi, Sheikh Ubaid, Sheikh Zayl Al-Madhul, all of the ulama that we mentioned earlier on. Just knowing them and who they are, and loving them for that, is, is ibadah. Al-Hasan Al-Basri said, do not sit with a person of bid'ah, for indeed, he will cause your heart to be diseased. He will make your heart to be diseased. And uh, there are many other narrations which, which are like this. So from this, we really come to a conclusion of our uh, series of lessons on this poetry. And we finish on this mighty affair, which is the affair of bid'ah, of, of innovation, and holding fast to the sunnah. And all of this is in the context of the statement of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, in that uh, famous hadith, the hadith of Al-Irbad bin Sariya, when he gave a sermon by which the hearts of the Sahaba were stirred and the eyes began to shed tears 
And they said it is as if this is a farewell sermon. So please advise us, O Messenger of Allah. So he said, uh, so, so, so he gave them the advice that indeed I have left you upon clarity. I've left you upon pure whiteness, clarity. It's night is like it's day. And no one deviates from it except that he is destroyed. And whoever amongst you lives for long, he will see many, many great controversies. So you must stick to my sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly guided khulafa. Bite onto it with your molars and beware of the newly invented matters. For every newly invented matter is an innovation and every innovation is misguidance. That hadith really is the meaning, the meaning of that hadith is what is contained in the final lines of this poetry which is ascribed to Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. فَإِنِ اتَّبَعْتَ فَإِنِ اتَّبَعْتَ سَبِيلَهُمْ فَمَوَفَّقٌ وَإِنِ اتَّبَعْتَ فَمَا عَلِيكَ مُعَوَّلُ That if you follow their path, then you are granted success. And if you innovate, then you have nothing. There's no, uh, there's no support. There's nothing, there's no true dependence for you. There's nothing for you. And with this, we conclude our lesson today and our series. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.